I'm Nick Pete. I'm Adam Catterall. And welcome to episode two of the Fight Disciples podcast. Not everybody's cup of tea. Coming up this week... Jazza Dickens' kids think he's the lodger. Do you know me as the man from upstairs when I come down? <laughs> In the world of UFC, hot chocolates kid gets away with something nobody else would. I've actually changed his nap. He has, he has peed on me, yeah, he just peed straight on my chest. WBC heavyweight champion Deontay Wilder exclusively speaks to Fight Disciples and tells us which superhero he longs to be. Lamborghini, man, that's my, that's my baby, you know. When I want to escape like Batman and get away. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Before we get underway uh, with this week's podcast, um, we've obviously got to give away last week's prize. Uh, thank you very much, by the way, for downloading uh, and listening to uh, the Forgotten Heavyweight. I thought he was really good last week, Pricey. Yeah, he was brilliant. Brilliant. And very kindly uh, signed a pair of boxing gloves, which we gave you the opportunity to win. Now, And which we're very reluctantly giving away. Absolutely, because <laughs> we were going to stick them on eBay and make a few quid. Anyway, yeah. um, Pricey was set to task. How many uh, sporting drug cheats could he name in 30 seconds? All we asked you to do uh, was have a guess. Obviously, it's now closed. You can't do it now off the back of listening to what he's going to do. But I think it's only fair that we find out what the answer is. Here's Pricey, naming a lot of sporting drugs cheap. Ben Johnson. Justin Gatlin. Uh, Tony Thompson. Erkan yep. Tepe. James Tony. Cycling. Lance Armstrong the lot um, ten everybody else ten to go ten seconds Vic, to go. Victor Volkov um, Brucey Munch and Gladbach <laughs> stop the clock okay. <laughs> you're not having Brucey Munch and Gladbach I don't know what the other fellow was either I just beat that up <laughs> it's like a Bulgarian name or whatever any Bulgarian shop or whatever Tony hi hi mate Sound as makes Adam and Nick from the Fight Disciples. How are you, pal? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well indeed. Obviously, you know why we're ringing you, mate. I am a winner. <laughs> <laughs> I love, love that. <laughs> I am a winner. That's Tony the... is winning in life. Yeah. That's the I've attitude. Won today. That's it. That's the attitude that we want on the show, yeah. mate. Superb stuff. Well <laughs> yeah. done. You correctly identified how many uh, drug cheats that David Price would uh, would name in yeah. 30 seconds. Top class, mate. We'll get a pair of signed gloves over to you. Oh, are, thank you very much. Are you uh, are you a boxing man? Are you a UFC man? What what are you, mate? Uh, more boxing. I have started getting into the UFC over like the last two years or so. What fighters are you following? Uh, Conor McGregor, same as everybody else. Well, yeah, everybody's in that world, aren't they, at this moment in time. What about, yeah, what about yeah. in the boxing mix, mate? Who's your, who's your people that you're following? Uh, Andy Joshua, Callum Smith, Canelo and Lomachenko. I saw him in the Echo Arena a few years ago. So Very good. Following him since. Very good. Callum Smith, world title this year, what do you reckon? Yeah, I reckon he'll do it. I can see him doing Badu Jack. He's going to do yeah. Mohammedy yeah. next. Obviously, he's got to get through that eliminator. And then, like yeah. you said, probably Baddy Jack's the, uh, yeah. Baddy Jack's the one. Well, what do you, what you, you think about Canelo and Khan and yeah. Tony? That was obviously a shock, I'm sure. But uh, do yeah. you think Khan's got a chance? I don't, to be honest. I can't see him doing it. Canelo's going to come in like £20 overweight, isn't he? So. Yeah, certainly a lot bigger than I'm here anyway. But. Yeah, a lot, lot bigger. I just can't see him doing it. Maybe the speed over the first couple of rounds might worry him a bit. But after that, I think he'll start to tie it off a bit. But. 
And finally, Joshua's got his uh, world title shot against yeah. uh, Prince Charles, mate. You must be delighted about that. Yeah, I was made up, to be honest. Just got to uh, queue up tomorrow, try and get tickets for it. Look, see, this is what pass. we like, a proper fight fan. He's on yeah. the fight pass, he's it. got it all nailed on. Super, <laughs> yeah. Make a full weekend of it, go and watch a new heavyweight coming in to the mix. That's it. Weekend good. in London. That's it, mate. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Listen, Tom, top my uh, work, mate. Thank you very much for obviously listening to the podcast and what have you. No uh, we'll get those uh, boxing gloves out to you uh, very, very soon. All right, mate? Uh, thank you both very much. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. That's what we want, Adam. They're the type of winners that we want every week, you know, he proper fight fans. He's yeah, dedicated to the cause, man. Exactly. I like that, that he's queuing up for tickets, he's getting on Fight Pass. Big Joshua fan, that's what it's all about, man. Yeah. That's what well, we know them gloves, of, uh, them pricey gloves are going to take pride of, pride of place on his uh, mantelpiece. Well, we hope so. so. If we fi- Listen, Tony, if we find them on eBay in a couple of weeks, <laughs> mate, we're, coming in, we're chasing you down. I've got your address now, seeing as that we know where we're posting this stuff to. Those guys are what we're all about. You know, this is the Fight, Fight Disciples podcast and, uh, you know, we're, we're real fans. We're engaging with real fans and we're speaking to real fighters. And speaking of real fighters, huge opportunity, come no bigger than Jazza Dickens, but he's taking it on his chest. He's running with it. And you know why? Because he's a very spiritual guy and he believes this moment, this is his destiny. We caught up with him. We asked him, at what point in his life did he get into religion? You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. When I was um, 18, it was before I was going into the ABAs. Um, don't need to go too deep into it, but he got he got clean off drugs and he found God and he said to me, come to church, he said, I'm not going to church, I'm not a Bible basher, so I'm not going to church with you. And I went one day and I got this amazing feeling and the next day I went myself, but I didn't tell my dad and um, from then on I've just been going back ever since and... And the strength I've got from the Lord is amazing. I won the ABAs that year. I was just a boy going into the ABAs, then I turned professional. Um, and from there, it just took off. And, you know, I semi plays every night since. And so do you practice regularly? Are, are you are you at Mass on a, on a Sunday, on a Saturday night? Are you, obviously not on a Saturday night when you're fighting, obviously. But on, on, <laughs> on a Sunday morning, are you are you there? Are you in the church? How how are you? Uh, how do you practice? Yeah, that's it. Well, I just um, decided to have a... Um, intimate relationship with God myself and speak to him and try and get into mass and stuff like that but I try and find the Lord through you know through my prayers and stuff like that and, and I'm so blessed in life I'm so blessed I've got a lovely family and great career and I, I believe I can be in a position to help um, the next generation of Liverpool kids I hope I hope that's my will Mate you're already doing that what a sensational attitude and oh, as, yeah. as Nick alluded to there obviously we're, we're familiar with this with South American fighters and, 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 fam, and fighters from extremely massive uh, Catholic and Christian backgrounds. Liverpool's a massive Catholic and Christian city. You know what I mean? So it kind of doesn't really surprise me that you're speaking in this way, but it's refreshing when someone as young as yourself comes in, speaks the way that you're speaking, and then I start to then understand you as a fighter, the way that you go about doing the, what you do, because faith, never back against a man of faith, man. Never, yeah. ever back yeah. against a man of faith, because oh, yeah. faith is the more, probably one of the most powerful tools that any human being can have. I, I do, honestly do believe that I go to bed at night and I lay my, my problems on God. You know, people stay awake while I do I'm afraid I'm a this, I'm a that. I just leave all my problems with God and go to sleep and get up and just do his work that day. Try my best to be a good person and, and get me trained when I ask him for the stance to train hard and to be dedicated and be disciplined. And he, he gives me that. And now these opportunities are sort of rolling in. I've, I'm... Choosing between Guillermo Rogondo. Listen, on the night, you don't have to say his name on the night, you've got to knock him out. And the European title, so I'm very blessed. You alluded before that you've got a young family. You're a little girl, right? Yeah. Now then, obviously, 
we're all, all parents, uh, youngsters. How old is yours, Nick? Uh, 14 months. 14 months yeah. and another one Seven on the way. On the way. Oh, no, July, he's flying yeah, here, sunshine. Um, I've got a two and a half year old. Where are you at? How old are you, Littlin? Um, Miguel's got a lad. He's seven. He's he's my lad too. And I've got a little girl. She's one. On Thursday coming, I've got, got a little boy coming a week before the fight. You really are blessed. <laughs> you really are blessed, man. Ooh, right, okay. <laughs> now you can see where, where my stamina comes from, guys. But <laughs> <laughs> just on the little one, just on the, just on the one year old, obviously, you're in camp now, right? You're, you're training for the fight of your life. Let's be straight. You're training for yeah. your fight of your life. I know what it's like to have little ones in the house, right? They wake up in the blooming middle of the night, they need a little bit of attention here, there, and everywhere. It's all nappies and all this type of stuff, mate. You must have a good woman in your life, my friend, to pass to go like that. Yeah, you know, I'm so blessed. Um, do you know me as the man from upstairs? When I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's, the lodger. <laughs> she is great. She looks after everything. She does all me washing, all all the cleaning. She's a great, great girl, and I owe a lot of wear as well. Looks after the youngster, the man from upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. That's going to be your ring, Mummy. Mummy, Mummy, who's that man yeah. in the blue the, corner? That, the man from upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Oh Jazz, that is unbelievable. Do we know what you, you said? It's a little boy, did you? That for that yeah. you are expecting the week before the fight. Yeah, but I'm the little lad. Listen, these things sometimes don't actually work to date, do they? Sometimes they come, you know, a little bit earlier and all that type of stuff. A little bit late. A little bit late, yeah. you know what I mean? If, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. On the night of the fight, you're doing the ring walk. What if you get the phone call? Oh, I don't know. I think I'll have to <laughs> turn my phone off, obviously. But yeah. um, we had me little girl when three weeks out before me British title fight, and I always put this down to it's God's will. I don't know what... His will is, but something in there is for my best benefit, our best benefit. So whatever happens on the night, it's um, it's all part of the plan. So I yeah. accept it and, and we go through it. What a, what an inspiration that'll be, though. You know, mm. fingers crossed. Week before the fight, the baby comes on time. You pick up your newborn son. Yeah. A week later, you make the walk at the Echo Arena. It's you know, it's, it, it, yeah. maybe it, it, in your mind it is scripted. Yeah. It is scripted, and it's what a, what an amazing story. We'd have to um, put me in the loft. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> We're supposed to be a serious podcast. <laughs> That's brilliant. Mate, I can't even concentrate now. Unbelievable. I'll get, I'll get serious, I'll get serious. Go on, I, I, how much does this opportunity as well you know you're, you're from a camp that is absolutely thriving ERT you know the, the lads there are doing so well how much has it fired the camp up as well you know that you've got this opportunity and you know what an opportunity for them to showcase what they can do as coaches as well yeah it's nice it is really really nice to for me to be able to fight and Paul and Mick to also get credit that they deserve because since day one as a pro I've been with Paul and Mick everything I've learned as a professional fighter is through them and you've got Stephen Lewis Ryan Farrag and Kevin Satchel all fighting on the same build there's going to be four of us in the changing room and the kettle we bring a kettle to the changing room we have a cup of tea before the fight and stuff like that and um, it will be great to to hopefully give my, my coaches some sort of something back you know, for what they've done for me because they're in that gym from 9 o'clock in the morning to 8 o'clock at night they've got families too and yep. they work so hard and it's um, well they're students aren't they they're both absolute students of the game they're married to the game completely yeah. and uh, you know don't get me wrong the success that the entire camp's had since they really formed that pro team yeah. has been incredible yeah. 
But what a shop window this is for them, of you know. Course, yeah, what like, an opportunity yeah. for the whole team to really prove yeah. something. I get some rewards on like Twitter, well done on your win and stuff like that. So, um, I get a lot of like social media and stuff like that. But Paul and Mick, they, they don't, you know, they're in the cave. They've got families sometimes. They don't get the credit that they deserve. So it would be nice for them and their families also to get some, some recognition. Yeah. Before uh, you came in, Nick was obviously giving me um, a few stories of yourself uh, and what have you, and he was sharing. These, these were from Satchel as well. Yeah, you know, he, was, he a... was sharing a little bit from uh, your gym and the people that look after you on a day-to-day basis. Now, we've heard a couple of rumours, right, mate, and I'm going to chuck it your way. Now, you can chuck it whatever you want, okay? You can take this to whatever you wish to take. I've heard that you were a little bit of an underwear thief. <laughs> <laughs> from within the gym right. rubber. he's a sock rubber this is all People, right. people's <laughs> gear keeps going missing and it's you well what is it true <sighs> this is Kevin Satchel isn't it let me see your socks let me see the back of your underpants let me see whose <laughs> names in them one day we was in, we was in the gym and me and we were all getting a shower so we finished training and uh, <laughs> I get out of the shower he had no socks and I thought what am I going to do I'm going to go home in my, in my sweaty bare feet or whatever so so I come out of the shower and I looks at the um, as, I, as my life scripted through what I believe is God's will I looks up at the pipe and there's a pair of socks and don't be playing oh, wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> not God's intervention <laughs> Don't blame God for this. And also, I'll thank you, God. So God gave me a pair of socks. <laughs> and so I'm putting these socks on the changing room. So, so we're sitting down, ten minutes later, I'm having a cup of tea, Kevin Satchel bursting. Where's my socks? Where's my socks? <laughs> Brilliant. God's will, mate. Uh, God's, will. God's will. I've got God's will on my feet, man. Brilliant. Oh, man. I love the way that you put that straight in there, right? You took it down this spiritual path. Forget the thieving. Unreal. One thing that we can commend you for, and this is brilliant, another thing that Nick has told me, and I, I, I'm, I'm guessing from speaking to you now that this is 100% true, that you are obviously a massive student of this game and you live the life. Therefore, when other people your age are out and about partying down Concert Square, you've got the running gear on and you're running past them in the middle of the night. Is this true? You go out training like at one, two in the morning and various things like that? Yeah, I'll, I'll do my jogs at four o'clock in the morning because um, I, I believe like, um, there's also a side of fitness that people don't really understand and that's mental fitness and you know, like um, weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of grinding. It, it brings out something inside you like... Um, Feed your hunger. It feeds your hunger. You you sacrifice your family time. You go to bed early. You sacrifice your food. Everything like that. I think that there's also such thing as mental fitness, and I, I believe in it massively. So, yeah, I try my best to um, give myself every advantage mentally as well as physically going into the ring. Um, on a Saturday night, as I know, everyone's out doing their thing. I like to um, yeah, I like to run past them and see what. Not like to um, I like to tease myself and see what I'm missing. Do you know what I mean? If that makes sense, I like to um. Oh, so you get... do have a little peer through the window and as you jog <laughs> yeah, past them. Of course, them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, wow, <laughs> that looks like a good bar, or you know what I mean. So you do, or do you, do you look at them and think, I'd rather not be doing that because I'm working towards something else. Or do you, do you look and think, oh, I'm missing out. No, no, not not in that way. Um, I'm glad they're having a good time, and that's me having my good time. But um, it sort of puts me on uh, everything into perspective of what I am actually doing and. And where I am right now in my life, sort of thing. It solidifies the reason as to what yeah. why you're getting up and running at four in the yeah. morning past while people are partying yeah. of a night time. Yeah. No, I actually don't know. I'm living um, um, like contradicting in my head all the time. I, as, as a boxer, you you do sort of thing. Everything contradicts everything, and you're living like warfare in your own head. So it's um, it's like mental. 
not torture, but sometimes it can get a bit grueling. But I believe in I believe in that. It um, gives me an edge. If that makes yeah. sense. it's like putting yourself through the grinder, so yeah. you feel like you're earning it. Yeah, maybe it sounds a bit loopy, but yeah, I like to to put myself through um, every single possible possible sacrifice and everything that's hard to before I go through them ropes because everyone does that that long walk to the ring and I would never like to um, not have ticked any boxes. Yeah, when you, when you make the walk against Rogondo, is that will will you change your music? Is anything going to be different? Or? No, it's always going to be uh, Peter Gabriel's so as real. That's that was from day one, and hopefully that's the song we walk out to the world title with. Yeah, Jazza, it's been an absolute pleasure. From the man upstairs, yeah, it's been brilliant. Yeah, the <laughs> to upstairs. Robin Socks, yeah, Sock Robert. I love that. Who's that, Mummy? That's the man upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Whose socks has he got on? <laughs> <laughs> They're mine. They're mine, Mummy. <laughs> brilliant. Brilliant. We, listen, listen, congratulations. Yeah. What an opportunity. You know, I couldn't you know hand on heart couldn't happen to a nicer fella. Thank you. You know, and I, I I know you'll give it no, nothing less than a hundred percent on the night. And you know that you you've just told us, you've just preached to us, God's got a path for you and you're gonna play that path out and what'll happen on the night will be, you know, what's meant to be. Yep. But uh, if anything, if the reaction to go by how this city feels, how this country feels, it's gonna be a special night. Thank you very much, Sonic. Appreciate it. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. You've known him for a period of time, haven't you? I've known Jazza since he was a kid, yeah, boxing for the Golden Gloves, yeah, as a teenager. Funny lad. Oh, he's a diamond, absolute diamond. You know what? There's nobody in the whole of British boxing, amateur or pro, no one's got a bad word to say against them. He's such a lovely lad. And this opportunity, anyone in the sport will tell you, this opportunity couldn't have fallen to a more deserving lad. Just to uh, obviously heighten your love for Jazza Dickens now, just check this out. When uh, we record these podcasts, um, obviously with the people that come into our studio, for example, David Price last week, we always do a microphone test just to make sure that the level is uh, is perfect yeah. for people's audibility. I know what's coming. We, we, we don't <laughs> want, obviously, it to be over-modified or too loud or too quiet. We want them to be just perfect. So what I normally do then is, uh, is ask that particular person a question just to get them talking so then I can modify the levels. Um, so, obviously, Jazza was no different. Yep. Um, so this is right at the start of the interview. Before the even interview started, I'm just checking his levels. This is the question I asked him. Uh, what did you have for your dinner? Um, protein. <laughs> protein, banana. Just, just protein. <laughs> just a scoop of whey protein. protein. <laughs> protein, butties. <laughs> <laughs> whey protein, butties. Brilliant. That is going to finish. When we put his episode out, that is how we're going to finish it. What did you have for your dinner, Jazza? Protein. <laughs> I'm going to get myself uh, a set of protein butties, my friend. I have no doubt before the end of the podcast, you will hear that again because it's still making me wince. Yeah. Um, now, um, just moving away from the boxing ring and into the octagon, uh, we've got a massive show, which you're very fortunate that you're going to be at shortly, yep. UFC London. Of course. Um, and a lot of the focus is going to be on some of the British lads that are going to be fighting in there. I know Mike's in there, obviously, uh, an Atherton lad near Wigan. Yeah. He's going to be uh, featured in there. But one boy that I wanted to be featured in there, that sadly isn't at this moment in time, who's recently made his debut... Uh, in the UFC yep. is Dan Hot Chocolate Roberts. You've followed his career since yep. dead. Doc, just give us a little bit of a background on him. Yeah, the, the the story with Dan is he was a professional. Uh, he probably wasn't signed to the you know the right management, which makes that game awfully tough. He had to take a couple of fights at late notice, and he was having a hard time really breaking through despite his potential. He moved up to Liverpool. He changed coaches, uh, came up here, um, and he was about. 
18 months into his career up on Merseyside, still looking to try and break through, make opportunities, when one day his coach was ill and he couldn't go training. So uh, he was training over at the 051 in Mount Pleasant and uh, in the same building is the Next Gen Gym, the Next Gen MMA Gym run by uh, Paul Rimmer. And he goes down there, anyway, he ends up doing a little bit of jiu-jitsu, bit of Thai boxing, gets a feel for it, uh, was basically a sponge, loved it, made his pro debut in MMA straight away. And, you know, he's just hit the ground running. He hasn't looked back up since then. Uh, he's, he's amassed an incredible record, Cage Warriors welterweight title, I think he fought for. He may have even won it. Uh, and not surprisingly, he was snapped up by the UFC. Key to that, last year he moved over to... Uh, Black Zillions in Florida, where he's now based for his fight camps, uh, even though he's got a, a young family here, obviously. But uh, massive, massive potential, Danny Roberts. Made his pro debut back in the last year, same weekend. Conor McGregor uh, obliterated Jose Aldo. Well, he actually, Danny actually won the bonus on his night as well. He won submission of the night. Mm. Uh, so massive, massive potential. And, uh, you know, the, he's, he's, uh, 2016 is going to be a huge year for him. Uh, well, as you mentioned, he is based in Florida, but he was back in Liverpool recently, so I managed to grab him for a couple of minutes just for a little bit of a chat. And we started, obviously, by talking about that brilliant nickname, Hot Chocolate, and where it comes from. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Danny, Hot Chocolate Roberts. I'm allowed to keep calling... Every time I call you that, I'm going to keep referring yeah, to the Hot Chocolate, man. Feel free, trust me, you won't be the only person. Um, there's, there's plenty of people out there that just know me by Dan Hot Chocolate, so... Feel free, man. <laughs> that's how you follow him on Twitter, by the way, at Dan Hot Chocolate. That's the that's the Twitter handle. That's the one. Tell me where it comes from, the hot chocolate thing. Um, it's it's a bit of a long winded story. Uh, I used to I, I made originally I made the transition from boxing to MMA. Um, took up a, a sort of a, a secondary job to sort of help the transition at the time going yeah. into MMA because to start off with the money's not all that great. Um, so as I made that transition, I was actually my my next job was um, on the nightclubs. On, of a night times, you know. Yeah, I, mean, man. I used to be working on doors. You never got door. You're not coming in. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the, the the whole hot chocolate name. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It wasn't exactly an intimidating threatening name where it used to scare people away or anything like that. Um, but when I initially first moved to the city, that's why I made the transition into MMA, into mixed martial arts, and going onto the doors. I had a friend who was Eastern European. He couldn't speak much English. The easiest thing to relate me to relate to me was was chocolate, and then uh, <laughs> as well as that being a, a bit of a charming chap, I, I, yeah, just the, the hot came out, and then that was it. Like I say, people from there on out got introduced to me as hot chocolate, so they knew me from there on out as hot chocolate, and it stuck by me ever since. So you took it with you into That's mixed it, martial arts yeah. and into the UFC, mate. How you? How long are you in uh, Liverpool for? Because I know this is like your adopted home, but yeah. your new adopted home yeah. is obviously over in Florida. Yeah, I've had to, I've had to go to Florida. Reason being, obviously, it's, it's is to, to progress as an athlete um, and there's, there's there's no the bad saying is saying that you need to sort of I don't know, fly away from the nest to be able to um, broaden your horizons and make sure that you're sort of gaining everything you should be from from your your future and obviously your career as as an athlete so um, it was it was obviously it was a silly, silly question to be able to say I'm not going to go to the states it was something mm. that I was going to do from a natural progression and for me to benefit myself and family in the future. Um, so yeah, I'm based in, in Liverpool. Liverpool's my home sign. I'm always going to be in Liverpool. I never forget about Liverpool. Um, but as far as my training goes and development, I go across to the States and Florida. I do chunks at a time. I develop over there. Um, and then I've, obviously I've got a secondary. I've got a gym here as well, which I can yeah. I can get down to and, and, and do some work in and stuff like that, which is mine and, and, and a couple of other lads that I train with. So yeah, I can always, like I say, fluctuate to and from, go over there, the work's done. 
the play, chill, family times here, um, and ultimately it's like I said, it's what I need for my progression. So I'm, I'm, I'm surrounded by some of the world's best in the gym over over in Florida in the Black Zillions. Um, Talk to me about that, man, because that is some serious gym to be a part of. Yeah, well, even for me, like obviously I, I, I climbed the the ranks as a world weight fighter to the number one spot. Um, so to be able to go across to Florida and to, to have the the invite and the offer that I had, it was it, it wasn't it wasn't something that like I say throws me off or I'm I'm, I'm quite a. Are you the guy that goes? Give me some of that. Yeah, that's it. I like, I like, I like to be like sort of thrown into deep waters. You know what I mean? Mm. And to be caught off guard a little bit. It's something that uh, fighting, like reacting under pressure, whether it comes to fighting or training, anything like that. It helps me produce the best out of me and really kind of grow. So to be able to go out of there and, and train with loads of top ten guys, people that are fighting for world titles, left, right, and centre. Some major names out there within the UFC. I know a lot of people within the area and within Liverpool will know about them. Um, so yeah, to be able to go out there test myself as an English fighter and to be able to do something for the UK and try and car carry the flag for the UK, which I'm hoping to do this year as well. 2016 is going to be a big one of the chocolate. So um, yeah, being over in Florida, it's, it's worked out perfect for me because I can really, really test my my set skills, grow, broaden my horizons, and like I say, build on that toolbox that I've got. Away from the octagon, right? Yeah. Because I know you're a new dad. Yeah. <laughs> How are you finding that, man? Oh, amazing. That's that's been one of the biggest things about me coming back to to um, Liverpool is obviously seeing my little boy and, and, and getting settled down with him and stuff like that. Um, I made a sacrifice going across to the States originally. Um, girl was pregnant and I missed missed the birth, missed the first three months. He's now four, four and a half months old now. So I've, I've been home for the last five weeks and I've been able to share that time, the bonding, the development. I've been there right by his side and, mm. and I, I, I was a kid who grew up without a dad. So for me to be able to... Um, not, be, be somebody for a less fortunate background, growing up without, like I say, without a father um, and going through hardships. For me to, to be in a position that I'm in now and I'm, I'm, I'm very physically capable of going out there and being able to earn a future for, for my son, that, that for me just, honest to God, is so humbling and it's the best feeling in the world to be able to see his face every day, the smiles and stuff like that. Thing is, when I go to the States, I'm going to have to try and get him out. That's what I'm going to have to That's do. That's what you have to do, yeah. man. Absolutely, yeah. When, uh, when you came back... Uh -huh. Obviously, your good lady would have gone right. Your turn. <laughs> That's it. No, do you know what? She no, she's 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 good. She's good as gold, man. To be fair, she's still. Uh, I've come back, and there's been a lot of things that I need to be doing back here. Ultimately, obviously, I'm building a future, a foundation for my family. Do you know what I mean? And they understand that. So, yeah, I've I've still I've still got I've still got the freedom of, of a professional athlete, and to be able to. It's important that you get the support of family, yeah, isn't it? You, you, especially you especially close family like what you're talking about, because. I don't know. I mean, you've got guys in, in the forces, for example, who are aware for long periods of time, going out and earning the crust that way. People who work away on, I don't know, oil rigs or something like that, you're away for a long period of time. Like, what you do, mm. you have to be in America because that is where the dollar is at yeah. in your game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is where you develop, as you mentioned before, yeah. uh, as an athlete. So that understanding from family, that love from family to be able to support that is, is absolutely crucial. And yeah. obviously you're getting that because I can see that you're very calm in your head because yeah. if, it, if it wasn't happening, we'd probably be having an <laughs> argument about it right now. <laughs> I'll be real stressed right now. No, but like I say, it's, 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 um, it's fundamental to, to your growth and development as an athlete as well. So for any athlete out there will know, right? It's, you, you can have two ends of the scale. You can have something that will work for you and work with you that will make you stronger, develop, better and grow yeah. as, as, a, as a person and as an athlete um, and then you've got the other end of the scale where they can just bring you down um, and you, you can you can get held back or 
your time your time obviously gets divided elsewhere and it, it becomes hard then um when and, you're making decisions for your career and you're having to think how oh, will this other person take that then yeah. obviously then you might make the wrong decision for your career yeah of course of course exactly exactly that exactly what you just said there um adam um so for me it's it's having an understanding an understanding and being on a joint understanding a level where you can sort of perceive and and see things for what they are and understand in the long run exactly how it's going to work yeah. then things will work well as long as you've got that and you've got like you say that strong support and and um the patience patience is a massive thing then things can work because don't forget i've been away for six months mm. um that's a long time to be away um like i say missing the birth things like that as a dad it's not it's not the best thing do you know what i mean and for me to be all the way over there wondering what's going on it's not the best thing it's hard it's emotionally hard but like I say, on a whole, you can you can swing it around as long as you as long as you've got what it takes to to be in it, um, and you get that support and love and that. Has he has he peed on you yet? Um, I've actually changed his napkin. He has he has peed on me. Yeah, he just peed straight on my chest. Um, <laughs> but he's, he's pretty, yeah, he's quite powerful with it as well. The know. only person on the planet that you will allow to pee on you. Tell me about. He's the only one I've got a soft spot for as well. Um, but no, he's, he's he's turned a little bit of a killer. Already. He's developing fast. He's yeah. um, he's four months. He's trying he's trying to crawl already. He's trying to stand up and Wicked. do all sorts of madness. So. Uh, I think he's taking after his dad. And he's got the good genetics. Yeah, yeah. And he's going to be a little killer. So, has he uh, taken a swing yet? Has he? Has he tried to get involved? You know in a little what? Bit I've, of a I've, actually got, I've actually got him a little UFC. Um, <laughs> he's got a little UFC onesie, and he's, he's had me in a couple of arm bars already. Has to he? be fair, yeah, being on the bed yeah. playing and that, and he's, he's had me a caught up. Um, but yeah, there's going to be one for everyone to watch in the future. So as far as MMA, what's is he going to be called? Oh, chocolate, what is it? Baby chocolate, little chocolate? Chocolate chip. Chocolate chip. There you go, chocolate chip, everyone. <laughs> yeah, he's chocolate chip. Um, and he's had that he's had that nickname since since day one and it's stuck chocolate by him. Chocolate chip. Everyone loves it. Um, but he's gonna, yeah, he's going to be a killer when he's older. That's he? legend, man. That's legend. Listen, Danny, thank you so much for coming in, mate. We've really appreciated it. We wish you all the best uh, with what's happening in 2016. It's just a shame that we ain't got a date to obviously be talking about at this moment in time. I know, but I know. But soon, soon, like April, say, May, you reckon? Yeah, as soon as I go over, within, within a week or two weeks, I, I'll know. Um, like I say, it's just making that commitment, being back over in the gym, ticking back over. We'll get back in touch with, the, like I say, Joe Silva and Dana White and we'll get a fight on. Is, is he a good guy, Dana? Yeah, he is, you know, real good guy. Dying he comes work. across okay on the yeah, TV. Yeah, he's dying to earth and he's, he's, he's a very, he's very pure in his movements, do you know what I mean? In, in he's a, a straight shooter. Yeah, in a if sense. If he says this is happening, this is happening. That's it. And he just wants to see good fights, do you know what I mean? It's as simple as that. So there's no, there's no kind of like... We spoke about that just before our interview started about the p- politics in boxing. Sometimes fights don't get made. Mm-hmm. That's the be- that's the th- reason why I love the UFC is because the best fight, the best. It's the end of, and the, yeah. you know what I mean. If Dana yeah. wants it, it's happening, and yeah. that that must appeal to what, you. As what, well. Yeah, and that's that's one thing that I f- think that kind of helps. That is kind of having one belt in each division because everyone absolutely everyone's yeah. got one thing to go for. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's chasing one goal. And Unless you're Conor McGregor and you can have every belt under the sun in uh, every weight he's, division. He's meant to be going up to 170. He wants a piece of your your division, oh! my man. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of people he's got to go through first. Um, but no, at, one, at 170, I, I think I think he's going to have problems at 155. But 170, I think, is going to be, obviously, it'd be a ridiculously tough uh, decision for him. But he's fought 155 before as well. Yeah. He, he is powerful. He is big. Um, so it's going to be a good fight with him and Dos Anjos. Uh, two great yeah, fighters yeah. but we thought this again against Aldo Aldo's a great fighter champion know, for such you, can, you can never count someone out remember that it's MMA mm. so many differentials and literally anything can happen and, that, and that's the thing that's the beauty of it you can never count someone out and that's what makes it so exciting anything can happen at any given moment so you you, you must 
I don't want to word this wrongly, but I, for, if I was a fighter, I'd probably appreciate someone like Connor because he put in a spotlight on the sport that you are obviously very, very good at and yeah. therefore more eyes are looking and starting to have a look around. So, oh, all right then, who else is in the UFC? And yeah. then they come across the likes of yourself. Yeah. There's two ways to take it, right? For, I'm a fighter, right? For the beauty of what he's doing for the sport and the organisation and every, everything and everyone around it that's involved, fantastic. You couldn't ask for a better job. Do you know what I mean? Get Conor McGregor. He's going to absolutely... He'll publicise the hell out of it. Yeah, that's it. But as a fighter, for whatever I've got and, and, and sort of the, the, the ethics that I stand for, the whole kind of disrespecting a, a champion or someone that you may have looked towards, and that, that, that's a little bit different. And that's something that I don't that's really... That's not what you're at. Yeah, that is not something I'm really about. Do you know what I mean? So I kind of... You know what I mean? Trash talking suits some people. Some people it doesn't. It's one of them. Someone says something bad to me, I'll speak openly about it and just mm. sort of shut them down. But yeah, Conor McGregor just goes after people and goes after people. So like I say, as a, as a, from a fighter's perspective, from what I see, I think it's disrespectful what he does. Um, but as far as the organisation, what he does, publicity, yeah. um, his quick wit. He's a funny guy and he's, he's hit, hits a nail on the head for what he's doing for the sport. So I'll take my hats off to him for that's that. That's it, man. Let's crack out the red panties, man, because mm. that's where he's at. <laughs> Payday! Payday when McGregor's here. <laughs> Uh, I, I hope that he does uh, do well at 155 yeah. because obviously he sticks to his uh, task then of going to 170 and that obviously then uh, might light your eyes up a little bit. Obviously, if you go through uh, what you're going through yeah. at 170, that could be uh, an interesting fight for uh, you down the line. That's it. Again, you know yourself, he came from Cage Warriors. Yeah, yeah. He had two, he solidified two world titles in, in, in Cage Warriors, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And now he's gone to the UFC. It's, it's good for anyone that came off that platform from Cage Warriors to know that the margins are only small. If you fought on the highest European yeah. organization and at the standard-wise level, and then you're moving on to the world, where you're going into the UFC. Then, and the best I mean? will always increase anyway. Like yourself, you go to Blackzilla's, working with the top guys, you're gonna your level goes up again. Definitely. And that's where you're at at yeah. this moment in time, my man. And that's, that's, that's something that I've seen myself within the last six months, between my last fight in the Echo Arena and the fight just gone in Vegas, I was a completely different fighter. Even just dying to the way that moves, but this is the thing: people haven't seen the new me yet, the new improved me. Like, well, you, well, you need to stay in the octagon for long enough, mate. You need to stop getting them out early. That's, it, that's, that's what it is. It. I'm, I'm, I'm just, you're on. You're, get... you're thinking of the after party. That's what you're doing. All my mates are in the crowd. We got to get off to Trist or something. That's what you're thinking. <laughs> quick, quick arm bar. I'm out of here. Bye. Gone. So it is. If, if I can help it, I don't have to have a shower. Then quick change and I'm gone. That's the one. Yeah, just do yeah. it in the suit. Just put the suit on. Just get straight in. Bosh away. We're going out. Oh, you're out, right. Out, I'm out the back door. Out of the sweat that way. Out the back door, man. Thank you very much, Adam. Danny, hot chocolate Roberts, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. And while we're on the subject of uh, UFC, Ben, Big Ben Rothwell's taken on uh, former UFC champion Junior De Santos. Uh, it's a cracking main event, that one. I managed to grab a few minutes with Ben while he was over in Zagreb. And uh, he thinks that, you know, if he gets through JDS, is uh, it's going to lock a heavyweight title shot for himself. I mean, nothing's said, nothing, there's no contracts, there's anything set in stone. But I think common sense says that this is going to make me the number one contender. And I think the UFC will be excited to, you know, to, to get me into that title fight. I think there's just more and more fans are asking for it now. I think, you know, I think my rise is, is it's here, you know, and uh, it's my time. In your professional opinion, does he deserve a shot at the heavyweight shot? 
He does actually, yeah. He's on an absolute roll at the moment in the heavyweight division, and it's a it's a strange division. A lot of these weight classes above middleweight in the UFC, middleweight, light heavyweight, heavyweight. There's not an amazing strength and depth. There's four to five guys at the top who are kind of you know taking over and running with it a little bit. Ben Rothwell's forcing his way in at heavyweight. I think he's got massive fan momentum behind him as well. He's coming off the back of a sensational submission victory over. Josh Barnett, you know, the guy's a submission machine, never been submitted in MMA in his entire life. And Big Ben Rothwell goes and does it. That was a way of stamping. He deserves this fight against Junior DeSantos, the former champion. And whoever wins this fight, I believe, will certainly get thrown forward for the a summer title shot. UFC 200, do you reckon? Quite potentially. Yeah, quite possibly, yeah. Definitely. Cool. Um, obviously, if you uh, are a subscriber to our podcast, you will have seen our interview that we did with Kevin Mitchell at the back end of last week. Um, if this is the first time that you've heard us, I'm going to give you an opportunity to hear a little bit from him because he's one of my favourite fighters. I, I loved him as a lightweight and, I, and I thought he still had a lot left in him at 31. But as he said to me last Friday, his heart just wasn't in anymore. Well, you know, I've, just been, I've had so many years of fighting and training and um, I suppose just been, I was in the gym on the Friday and I was sitting in the bag and I was normally, I love my bag work. I've always hated me running. I always love my bag work. <laughs> I was on the bag and um, I just thought, this, this, this ain't me no more. I've just thought, I don't know what it was, and I don't know, it's a weird feeling, like, to me to feel say it, really, I just don't fancy it. I said, and I didn't sit there and on to, on to Tony McTwain on the pads, Tony Sims. I said to him, I thought, I've let the weekend go. I thought he was thinking it. I thought he must be thinking it, because I'm feeling it. And on the Monday, I said I said to him about it, and he said, I've been thinking it. You've not been the same since, really, you've, you've lost art, and after, like, basically after the, um, the old title fight. Mm. So perhaps he, he said it before I see it, but I actually felt it on that Friday. On the Monday, I said to him, yeah, I just don't fancy it. And he was happy with it, I think. So he, 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 I think he was a bit relieved. Now that the, now that it's out in the open, and uh, yep. so many people have probably contacted you since you've made that announcement, where's your head at now yeah. with it? Are you, are you happy with the decision? Because there's, a lot, of, the there's a lot of love Sorry for you, isn't there? Yeah, a lot of love for me. Yeah, it's been unbelievable, to be fair. I was in, I was in my old school today, and they've got me up on the big screen, and my interview's on there all day. They've had it done all day. <laughs> and so I said to me, I was my old teacher, my old P teacher, I was like, until now, really, I've realised the impact I had on, on, on the sport. I, was like, I didn't realise that my name was that quite out there, really, to be fair. You mean serious? Um, yeah, seriously. Yeah, I'm just a normal geezer. I'm a normal fella that just does normal things day to day life. I've just done my boxing, do you know what I mean? But it's, it's quite, it was quite overwhelming. The feedback and everything is pretty mad. If you want to hear the full Kevin Mitchell interview, it is available on our podcast feed. All you've got to do is click subscribe and it'll end up in your little bin somewhere so you can listen to it in full. He talks about West Ham United, his love for that, his little lads taking up boxing, and he's named his French pit bull Tank. Don't ask any questions. I'm not going to argue with Brilliant. him. He's a boxer, isn't he? A big decision by Kevin Natto, Adam. You know, I think it's a huge decision that he's made there, but uh, with a young family and everything else, I think we've, we've seen him get hit once or twice now. That's, it's, a, it's a brave decision, but I think it's the right decision. Now, to finish off this week's podcast, something a little different that's been kindly given to us by the lovely guys at the Gridiron Podcast. Will and Ollie were recently out at the Super Bowl in California and they met up with Deontay Wilder. I know. They sent me this. Tell me about your car. Which one? The, the, the alligator wrapped Ram- Lamborghini. Lambo, yeah. That one. The fact that you had to ask which one when yeah. you have an alligator wrapped Lamborghini. Yeah, no, well, I like cars, man. I, I love cars. That's one of my one of, one of my thing. Cars and watches. You know, I love cars. I mean, you're wearing that a hell of a watch right Fantastic. now. You know, um, I buy things that's gonna that's gonna have a. Uh, a value afterwards, you know. You'll never see me wearing too much fancy jewelry 
I, I rarely buy earrings, you know, because you, you can't get your money back off of that stuff. You know, you see a lot of guys with the, all this jewelry and stuff on. Yeah. I like watches. Um, I like cars. And uh, my, my Gator um, uh, rap, um, uh, Abinador Lamborghini, man, that's my, that's my baby, you know. When I want to escape like Batman and get away, from the world, I get in there and hit the interstate, and yeah, don't worry, I you're go. inconspicuous in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing I would say, if you are going to come to England, we're always happy to ride in Lamborghinis. So I mean, feel yeah. free to give us and, a call. And if you, if you, and want, if you, you find can... yourself hard up, you know that there's still value in that Lamborghini. I'm yeah. sure they're about to buy it off you as well. So. Oh, most definitely. I'll, I'll, I've, I've got about five hundred dollars in my account right now. Yeah. We could we could make it day. <laughs> or if you want, you can uh, you can practice in my little Fiat five hundred. You yeah. never know. Um, I don't think you'll do one of fit in your. Yeah, yeah, no. He could sit in the back seat and wouldn't fit in the yeah, car. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Deontay, actually, you're, you're six foot seven. You're, Correct. You're, you're huge. You played football in in high school. Correct. Um, I reckon you could be a pretty, pretty good wide receiver. You know that red zone, uh, red zone option. Why did you? Was there ever, ever an option to sort of carry on with it and, and take football a bit further, or was it, was it as soon as boxing came along that was your calling? Well, yeah, I think boxing was more my calling than all the other sports. Even though I did all the other sports when I was young, you know, but I, I think boxing was was my true calling. You know, um, I always say you, you may have a plan for your life, but God have another plan for it. And and I always used to fight when I was younger and never understood it. You know, but um, I understand it now. You know, and I, you know, I sat back one time and I was like, man, God, why are you doing so much things for me? Why are you allowing so many things happen for me? And um, I, I went back into memories of how I used to fight. Like, I used to fight every day, somebody different. Every, it seemed like every time I walked out of my house, I was fighting somebody. And I never used to like fighting. I, but people, all, I tell people, I, always, I, I never look for trouble, but trouble always found me. It always caused me to fight. But I was saying, I mean, like, man, God, you, you, you were setting me up for this, this moment to be a fighter. I was born a fighter. And here I am. Um, I'm in love with the sport of boxing. I'm in love. I love doing it. And um, I'm looking to do it. Do I'm looking to do it till I can't do it no more. Next time with the Fight Disciples, Scott Quigg's nan is not happy. All this press attention her grandson is getting regarding his world title fight against Carl Frampton is making her chippy business boom. There's no more, uh, no more presses. There's no, there's no more TVs coming up here. Is there? <laughs> We don't get a rest. Leading welterweight contender Tyron Woodley has got a warning for Conor McGregor. He's gotten high off his own medicine. You know, <laughs> you bring your butt up to 170. There's different power up here. There's different wrestling abilities. There's different mindset. And I don't see him beating anybody in the top five in the welterweight division. Less known coming up and fighting immediately for a, a, a title. So um, he's, he's starting to get on my nerves. I'm not even going to lie. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard... Subscribe via iTunes. Uh, what did you have for your dinner? Um, protein. <laughs> protein, brother. <laughs> just protein. <laughs> just a <laughs> scoop of whey protein. protein. <laughs> <laughs> protein, <laughs> protein. <laughs> 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 whey protein, buddies.